Some call him Ryan Reeves. Others call him the Grim Reaver. And his presence was felt in last night's win over Detroit. We recap the action and talk about what it means for the Wilds going forward today on Locked on Wilds. You're locked on Wild. Your daily podcast on the Minnesota Wild. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. What's happening, everybody? Welcome to another episode of Lockdown Wild, your daily Minnesota Wild podcast, part of the Lockdown Sports Podcast Network, your team every day. Thanks for making Lockdown Wild your first listen each and every day. And just as a reminder, Lockdown Wild is available on your favorite podcast platforms absolutely free of charge. On today's episode of Lockdown Wild, we talk about what last night's win means for the Minnesota Wild. Going forward the rest of the season, we'll talk about Philip Gustafson and his continued impressive play, and we will take a look at what the Wild are going to be able to do now that Ryan Hartman is set to potentially return on Friday against Chicago. Today's episode of Lockdown Wild is brought to you by BetOnline.net. BetOnline has you covered this season with more props, odds, and lines than ever before. BetOnline, where the game starts. My name is Seth Topol, your daily Minnesota Wild insider. Remember at the beginning of the season when talking about what was going to happen this year, it felt like despite the drop in goals that if things went well for this team, they were going to be put in a better position to come away with playoff wins than they were last year because... It was a team that struggled on special teams, had good goaltending for large stretches of the season, but didn't have good goaltending for others. And so all of the scoring kind of masked all of that. Well, as we sit here after last night's win, in which the Wild just stepped up and answered the bell, Detroit wanted to be physical, the Wild said, all right, game on. That is something that this wild team really didn't have at their disposal last year. They tried in the Nick Delorier trade to add that to the lineup. You know, you did add Jake Middleton to the mix to help with some of that physicality, but it truly feels like right now this team is capable of playing either that slower, more physical style or that quicker, faster speed style that they just they weren't able to go from one end of the spectrum to the other as easily last year. And it all starts with, we're giving him the moniker, the Grim Reaver. Uh, had uh, a follower on Twitter, friend on Twitter, Matt, uh, suggest that as uh, the nickname. And uh, thanks for that one because uh, Lockdown Wild is going to take that and run with it. But uh, again, credit to Matt on Twitter for uh, coming away with that nickname. The Grim Reaver, he right off the bat in last night's game had those those two bone-crunching hits on members of the Red Wings team, both of which within the confines of the rules. I know there were a lot of people on the other side of the aisle that were uh, saying that those were dirty hits, should warrant a suspension, 
should warrant whatever from the Department of Player Safety. Heavy hits, but clean hits. And so you have a Detroit team that this has been kind of part of their brand for a long, long time, is they're going to come in, they're going to be really physical. They did that to the Wild on the road earlier this season, and uh, the Wild just weren't able to particularly match it. And it's interesting because you added one player to the mix in Ryan Reeves. So from that first matchup of the season between these two teams to this one, Ryan Reeves was really the main add to the lineup. Now, you did have Mason Shaw that got added in as well. But what it has done is it's created kind of this hierarchy of players on the ice that are able to do particular things to help this team win. And for Reeves, obviously, his main contribution to the lineup is going to be that physicality and just that presence on the net, and it's not even necessarily the hits that he that he gives, that he dishes out when he's out there on the ice, but knowing that Ryan Reeves is in the lineup, it makes you as an opposing player think differently because if you are going to go do something to try to get in Kirill Kaprizov's head or get in Matt Boldy's head, or anyone up and down the line, if you're going to do something to try to get in their head, throw them off their game, and uh, try to frustrate them into maybe committing a penalty or doing something along those lines, such as what happened in Los Angeles when Kirill Kaprizov retaliated against Drew Doughty and ended up taking a bogus match penalty, but took a penalty nonetheless, and so Drew Doughty got what he was looking for in that situation. Anybody that tries to do that is going to get introduced to either Ryan Reeves or Marcus Foligno or Brandon Duhame or Mason Shaw or Jake Middleton. And so you have this mix of players that are able to handle the business that your star players are not going to um, handle the business so that the star players don't have to do that out on the ice and they can focus on playing and uh, not putting themselves in a situation to sit in the box, potentially get injured. You're leaving that to the guys that are able to do that best. And this, I think, was something that let the Wild down in the series against the St. Louis Blues is that the Wild, adding Nick Delorier to the mix, they were trying to be able to slow down to that particular Blues brand of hockey, and they just couldn't do it. They were stuck kind of in neutral uh, between the fast flying pace that they played last year and trying to bring it down a gear to match the Blues. Now, this year, they can still play at that particular fast level, but I think we're seeing them slot in more in the middle of those two, kind of halfway between where they were last year 
and kind of where we have seen them at points this year being able to really grind it out and to frustrate and just overmatch teams uh, with their physicality and defense. And what that allows you to do is if you slot in between, it doesn't take you as much to get back to playing that speed game. And it allows you then to, okay, we're kind of in this middle gear. We can drop down. We can slow things down. And just we can just put the clamps on teams that aren't able to do that same thing to slow down and match what we're doing. Personnel-wise, the Wild also have the players to do it. And we talked about this earlier in the week. We're going to see this come into fruition within probably the next week or so, is that you're going to start to see some mixes and matches, especially on that fourth line, depending on what style of play the opponent has. If you have a team like the Los Angeles Kings, who are not, maybe not as as physical, maybe not the best example, let's just throw Edmonton out there again. If you have a team like the Edmonton Oilers, who are pretty much all speed, not a whole lot in the way of physicality in that lineup. You can throw Connor Dewar, Brandon Duhame, and Mason Shaw out on that line and use that as your fourth line to uh, to add speed elements to the lineup. Now, we're assuming that with Ryan Hartman coming back into the lineup that the following things are going to happen. Sammy Walker is probably going to get sent back down to Iowa. That's just the reality of the situation. I loved what he did with uh, Matt Boldy and Freddie Goudreau, and so it doesn't, it's not necessarily fair to punish him um, for somebody coming back onto the roster when he didn't really do anything to warrant losing the spot. But let's just play with the notion that the speed plays on that line. And if you want to try... Hartman back on the top line again. See if he has it. You can do so, and then you can move Sam Steele down to that component on the Boldy line and see if it works. We've seen enough line combinations that we know if Hartman doesn't work with Kaprizov and Zuccarello, if it just doesn't take off the way that it did before, you can put Steele back up there, and you can figure it out from there. We've seen enough different combinations with the complement of players that this roster has to be able to try this and that to find that ultimate mix and to optimize these lines. And so you're going to have that speed element with the Boldy line with Sam Steele. You're going to have that speed element with Connor Dewar out there uh, on the ice as well, with Brandon Duhame out there on the ice as well. So you can match that. If you play the bowling ball, such as the Nashville Predators or any of those other teams that are a little slower and more physical, you can throw Ryan Reeves out there with Brandon Duhame and with Mason Shaw. You have options to throw out there that give you the opportunity, and this this will come into this will come into play in a playoff series as well. Is you may see somebody get a start in game one that then comes out of the lineup, and somebody else goes in in game two. 
So we're seeing, we're going to see a roster for the Minnesota Wild here that is capable of throwing a bunch of different things at you because all these players have gotten time on the ice. And so we know that all of those forwards, those 13 guys, they've all played. And so they're all going to be able to serve a role on this team going forward once everybody's back and healthy. That's only going to serve to help this team. That was something that was not a possibility last year. You just you had guys that just didn't fit, and they weren't able to kind of move up and down in the lineup. You had Tyson Jost filling a spot, not necessarily providing you anything other than simply playing minutes. You don't have that anymore. You don't have a Nick Delorier who's really only able to do the one thing and you get into situations where you're just not able to deploy that. It's it's a deeper team, I think, which feels weird to say considering losing Kevin Fiala and uh, and having to try to replicate that production on the fly. It feels like this team is deeper because we've seen more guys play more minutes in meaningful ways on this team so that if there's an injury, well, we can throw Connor Dewar higher up in the lineup because we've seen him do it before. We can throw Brandon Duhame higher up in the lineup because we've seen him do it before. Um, and so I think all of this early season um, adversity that we saw, I think is going to better serve this team going forward than what we saw last season. So that was uh, physically, it was uh, it was an interesting game last night to say the least, but again, the Wild were able to match that intensity and that play style. And uh, yes, Detroit was tired having just played the night before against the uh, Carolina Hurricanes, but the Wild were able to do what they needed to do. Uh, and so they, they look like they're really starting to put things together uh, as we move through the month of December. Uh, part of the reason that last night's game went the way that it did is because of Philip Gustafson. And so we'll talk about Gustafson, the role that he is on, and what it means going forward as we continue today's episode of Locked on Wild after this. Today's episode is brought to you by BetOnline.net. They're your number one source for sports betting info plus stats, news, and analysis. You can get the latest odds and trends for every professional and amateur league out there. From pro football to college bowl season to basketball and the World Cup. They've got it all at betonline.net. And if you love sports podcasts, you can even find those at BetOnline as well. They're always the fastest and easiest way to bet on your favorite sports and get your betting info. So head to their website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends and the action at BetOnline where the game starts. Continuing today's episode of Lockdown Wild. Once again, thanks for making Lockdown Wild your first listen each and every day. For your second listen, make sure you check out the Locked On Sports Today podcast, giving you a full lowdown of everything going on throughout the wide world of sports, all absolutely free of charge. Philip Gustafson last night. He didn't face a ton of shots, which we'll talk about here in a second, but just continues what has been an absolute role for Gustafson as of late. He's 5-0-0 in his last five games with a goals against average of 1.37, a save percentage of 9 
48. You probably saw that in the teaser for today's episode. But he just continues to play really, really well for this team. And I think we've seen that. We've seen Flurry have strong performances as well. We're seeing a brand of defense from this team that is simply not allowing shots to get through. Where You're not seeing a lot of those high-danger chances. And if you are seeing something that slips through and gets to the front of the net, there are multiple wild defensemen there to try to clean it up and to prevent any sort of um, any sort of ill-advised bounces or rebounds getting into the net. Uh, they're they are just they're keeping order in front, which was something that uh, that hurt this team at points last year. And I think that stems from a couple of things. You got the full complement of the grief line playing well and playing together out there. So in instances where the puck is in the defensive zone, those guys are able to uh, to assist at the front of the net. You know, you've got Jacob Middleton, who played well last year. He's played well this year. But again, I think it also is part of the size of what Ryan Reeves brings to the table. I saw him mixing it up in front of the net to try to prevent shots at different points throughout the game. And so you have this defense that is doing a lot of good things, blocking shots. They, uh, they did really well on uh, the Detroit power play throughout the night, blocking a lot of shots, and there just was a lot of passing by Detroit to uh, throughout the power plays that they had late in the game. And you see shots being sent at the net from distance because – you can't get close, and so a lot of the shots that end up going towards the net end up sailing wide, sailing high. Uh, is there just there aren't a lot of clean looks that opposing teams are able to even get in front of the net, which is leading to less stress for these goalies, leading to more saves, and it's leading to these numbers looking really good for these guys. Uh, as we move throughout the season, Gustafson now six wins. His goals against average uh, is under two and a half. He's got a save percentage of right around 920, which is great. He's already got a shutout this year. And so I talked about it with Kevin Gorg in the postcast after the, uh, after the game. It really is starting to feel like Philip Gustafson has something solid as his base that you can really build around. And with Jesper Volstead down in Iowa, that takes that puts less pressure on him to have to be rushed up here um, in order to kind of help save the position. If Gustafson continues to perform like this, and if Gustafson continues to perform like this and you sign him to an intermediate contract in the offseason... And you're probably going to be able to do that for a guy who is largely unproven in the NHL. You sign him to like a three-year deal to hang around. And then maybe next year you go in and if Marc-Andre Fleury wants to come back, you can say, well, we're going to bring you both back. Gustafson, though, is going to be the 1A. 
and Flurry is going to transition into the backup in you know the twilight of his career. Gustafson has impressed to the point that I think he is deserving of more of a slice of the pie of the goalie starts. And I know Flurry has said earlier this season, he said it in the past, he's at his best when he is getting a lot of starts to kind of get himself in rhythm. I get that. But I don't think you have to worry now about back-to-backs at all. And you can, here and there, you can throw Gustafson in and not really feel concerned about what you're going to get. And yes, goalies are going to have off nights. We've we've seen those from Gustafson this season, but just like with the start of the season for this team, 0-3 to start the year, they are 16-8-2 cents. And they allowed 20 goals in those first three games. They scored 12. Since then, they've scored 77, and they have allowed 65. So you're starting to see this team allow less and less goals after those first three games, which leads you to believe that the bad nights are the anomalies, not the exception, Uh, not the rule. The bad nights are the exception. And so some of these bad starts for Gustafson, goalie's not going to have his best stuff every night. The defense is not going to be crystal clear in front of your goalie every night. Some nights your team just flat out does not have it. And so as he strings together good starts, it's starting to get to the point where you're like, okay, this this might be a pretty good young goalie that we can work into the mix moving forward. So I've loved what we've seen from Gustafson, especially over his last five, but his body of work on the season overall is pretty darn good too. So he continues to impress. Huge part of this team getting back on track. And uh, it's not going to surprise me at all. Gorg thought maybe he would get one of the final two games of this homestand. So we'll wait and see. It would be a lot of fun. Talked about it on Twitter with the uh, Locked On Senators guys. Be a lot of fun to see him in net on Sunday against his former team. I don't know if that's the route that they'll go. But then again, Flurry plays his former team on Friday. So maybe that's the route, uh, maybe that's the route they decide to go is give each guy a chance to go at his former team and try to come away with wins. So it'll be interesting to see. And obviously, we're talking about all of this kind of at a high point right now for the Wilds. They uh, have won seven of nine. Seven and three in their last ten. There are going to be some lulls throughout the course of the season, and that's when it gets really important to try to diagnose, okay, what's going on? How are these goals being scored? Is this one that a goalie should have, or is this a breakdown in front? Because that look at the one goal that Gustafson gave up last night. You had John Merrill in perfect position to get the puck out from right in front of the net, and by some divine intervention his stick gets caught on the side of the the net and he is not able to do anything about it in time and uh, the Red Wings just walk it right in front and they just pot one right up over the top of Gustafson who was in position to make the save that kind of a play if it goes differently if Merrill's stick comes out of the uh, net cleanly we got another shutout so those are the kinds of things that happen And that's why you take a 
closer look at those goals to see, okay, is this a trend that's concerning for a goalie or is this just a matter of some bad breakdowns in front? So Gustafson continues to be great. And uh, for this team, they have started to find a little something that can help even out the power play a little bit. So to finish today's episode of Locked on Wild, we'll talk about the emergence of PP2. Do we have a second line that is capable on the power play? We'll discuss after this here on Locked on Wild. Today's episode is brought to you by the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration. You're hanging out with some friends and putting back a few drinks. A few becomes a few too many. As the evening comes to an end and people start to head out, you think of calling for a ride. Nah, you live nearby. You can make it home okay. It's no big deal. What are the odds you'll get pulled over anyway? And even so, what's the worst that could happen? Your insurance goes up. You lose your license. You lose your job. You total your car. You kill someone. Everyone knows about the risks of driving drunk. The results are tragic and often deadly. However, that still doesn't stop everyone from getting behind the wheel while under the influence. That's why police officers are out there right now looking for impaired drivers on our roads to save lives. So if you think you're okay to drive after a few drinks, think again. Play it safe and plan ahead to get a ride. It only takes one mistake to change your life or someone else's forever. Drive sober or get pulled over. Final segment of today's episode of Locked on Wilds. Once again, thanks for making Locked on Wilds your first listen each and every day. For your second listen, make sure you check out the Locked on Sports Today podcast, the full lowdown of everything going on in the wide world of sports, all in one place. Locked on Sports Today is available on your favorite podcast platforms, absolutely free of charge. Power Play 2 for the Minnesota Wilds scored for the first time this season. <laughs> which is just an insane statement to make um, 29 games in. It's been a struggle for that second unit, but that's part of the price you pay for maxing out that top line to try to, um, to, try to maximize their chances of coming away with power play goals when they're out there. And it's not to say the power play itself has been doing terribly. Uh, while they're in the top 10, in power play percentage so far this season. And so they have been able to do that with one line so far. If they can get two lines that are capable of giving you good looks, and even if power play two is able to consistently hold the zone and hold the zone, create more chances, more chances lead to additional goals, if they're able to consistently contribute in that way, that's going to make this power play an entirely new nightmare for everybody else throughout the NHL. Because if you are able to more consistently hold the zone, uh, that's just going to lead to everything you look for in a power play with more looks, more potential for rebounds, more potential for different shot opportunities, and goals, goals, goals. The one thing that I do still worry about with this power play, and it's been an issue here and there, is the zone entries. The zone entries still are very hit and miss for this team. Getting into the offensive zone, 
Sometimes it's fine. It depends entirely on what the opponent does on their penalty kill. The Wild have faced teams this year that have kind of vaguely tried to pressure them at the uh, at the blue line, but really haven't offered much in the way of opposition because they're trying to kind of pull back and get set in position to try to block the incoming shots. There are some teams that just put an entire line of players on that blue line in the wild just are not able to crack it. And so that is something that is going to need to be figured out because you can't just have Kirill Kaprizov being the one that brings the puck up every time. If he is, teams are just going to key in on that and they're going to deny him the ability to even get the puck. And so that's the one thing I think I still worry about with this power play unit. I mean, when they're going good, the puck movement is incredible. Uh, They cycle well. They are able to hold the zone well. They're able to fire shots on the net well. Again, that's all when everything is going well. But when things aren't, you spend pretty much the entire time fishing the puck out from behind your own net and uh, trying to muster... Uh, similar to Custer's last stand, trying to muster something that can break through the ranks to uh, to try to get into enemy territory. So, again, league's better than it was last year, um, which is just amazing. This it was a bottom bottom ten unit for the Wild last year. They just were so stagnant with the puck. They've I think they've already come close to scoring the number of power play goals this year that they did all of last year. And so it's leagues better. The penalty kill, despite some sagging numbers recently, looks much better. And so overall, this has been an entire case study as to the statement made at the beginning of the season of, hey, this Minnesota Wild team, despite losing one of its best scorers, may be better suited to win in the postseason than last year's team was. And it all comes down to they can't outscore their problems this year. So they've had to commit to better defense. They've had to get better goaltending. They've had to commit to better special teams. And over the last handful of games, the Wild have done that. And after that just disastrous 0-3 start, where they were starting from the bottom, now they're here. And um, as we continue to talk about with some of the other teams in the Central Division really not looking good so far, this is an opportunity for the Wild here the rest of this month to really make some noise. And you look at where this team was at last season, and save for goals scored, they really are not that far off from where they were last season. In fact, if you go into where the Wild were at through 29 games last year, and this is the final point that we'll make in today's episode, just kind of the clincher that we will leave you with at this point in the season. Uh, 29 games in last year, the Wild were 19-8-2. This year, 
16-11-2. So they're three games worse. They've allowed basically the same number of goals as last year. They just have scored less. And if they can get on a run, getting everybody back and healthy, this is a team that is capable of playing with many of the other opponents in both the Western Conference and the Eastern Conference as well. So we will see how things play out. Wild take on Chicago on Friday. We'll have a pregame and postgame for you as well as a Friday episode. We're going to talk a little bit about some potential trade targets for the Minnesota Wild from our friendly rivals, the Chicago Blackhawks. So stay tuned for that. And make sure that if you missed any episodes throughout the week, you head to Locked on Wild to catch up and get up to speed on everything going on with your favorite hockey team here in the state of hockey. You can follow us on YouTube. Make sure to turn notifications on if you do so you don't miss out on any of our new episodes. Also follow us on your favorite podcast platforms. Follow us on TikTok. Follow us on social media. We have you covered every single piece of the internet that exists. So make sure you don't miss out on any of our content as we keep you up to date throughout the rest of the Minnesota Wild season. We are doing so with new episodes every Monday through Friday as part of the Lockdown Sports Podcast Network.